0: Hi, this is Steve Nerlich from Cheap Astronomy. www.cheapastronomy.com, And this is Making Things Look Shorter and Slower. There's a thing called the principle of relativity that dates back to Galileo, who, when he wasn't mucking about with telescopes, used to roll balls down ramps to develop an understanding of motion and velocity. Essentially the principle of relativity acknowledges that if you are say on a train traveling at 60 kilometers an hour and you throw a ball forward at a speed of 10 kilometers an hour then for you on the train the ball measurably travels at 10 kilometers an hour but for someone on the train station platform as the train is passing by the ball measurably travels past them with its own speed of ten kilometres an hour plus the sixty kilometres an hour speed of the train. That is, the ball is measurably moving at seventy kilometres an hour. Both observers, either on or off the train, make perfectly correct but totally different measurements of the ball's speed. This means that you always have to be careful to refer your measurements to a particular frame of reference. Which means we have to say that the ball moves at 10 kilometres an hour relative to the train, but also moves at 70 kilometres an hour relative to the platform. That all sounds pretty straightforward, Steve. Well, yes, but things went a bit pear-shaped when Einstein considered James Clerk Maxwell's finding that the speed of light was absolute. That is, it didn't matter what your frame of reference was, you would always measure the speed of light as the speed of light, which is around 300,000 kilometres a second. So, shine a torch beam forward on the train, and it will move at the speed of light. But, amazingly, it will also move at the speed of light for someone watching it from the platform it doesn't gain that extra 60 kilometers an hour that represents the velocity of the train well that's a little unusual steve indeed one way to explain it is to consider that speed is a measure of distance over time so the missing 60 kilometers an hour in the torch beam scenario ...could be accounted for if the observer on the platform... ...is observing a train in which kilometres are a bit shorter... ...and time runs a bit slower than it does on the platform. Oh, I don't know, laddie. Let's just buck up a bit. So I'm standing on the platform... ...and there's a guy on the train throwing a ball at 10 kilometres an hour. So since he's on a train... I actually measure it going at 70 kilometers an hour? Yes. But, if I see a torch beam on that train, it still just goes at the same speed. Is that right? Exactly. Well, I don't think I quite get it then. Well, the answer to that is that the ball isn't going at quite 70 kilometers an hour. We already know from the fact that light speed is always constant that there must be a degree of length contraction and time dilation on the train, so that light speed still works out to be light speed. But it's a tiny effect, which is just ensuring that the 300,000 kilometers a second light beam doesn't gain an additional 60 kilometers an hour. So that tiny effect does have a tiny influence on the ball's motion, but it's a really really tiny effect. Length contraction and time dilation effects become a lot more obvious if we imagine something moving really, really fast relative to the platform. So, say we fly the Starship Enterprise past the platform at 90% of the speed of light. Then, if you're on the platform, watching someone on the Starship shining a torch beam, there has to be a huge amount of length contraction and time dilation on the Starship to ensure that torch beam on the Starship that you can see from the platform still moves at exactly the speed of light. And with all that length contraction and time dilation going on a 10km an hour ball will look more like it's moving at 5km an hour on the Starship which is a substantial 50% or so effect. Okay Steve, saw so on a train there's a tiny bit of length shortening and time deletion, which are hardly noticeable. But on the Starship, there's really big effects, yeah? Yes. Everything else changes in a way that ensures that light will always be seen to move at the speed of light. Hey, well, okay. I mean, I've heard this sort of thing before, Steve. It's not what you call intuitive, is it? That's probably true. I think understanding special relativity ...is largely about remembering a set of rules. So it's enough to know that if something is moving fast relative to you... ...its lengths are measurably shorter and its clocks run slower. That's about it, really. What people don't always get... ...is that nothing strange happens within your own frame of reference. So when you throw a ball at 10 kilometres an hour on the platform or on the train, or on the Starship Enterprise. As far as you are concerned, the ball just goes at 10 kilometers an hour. It's only when you look out at someone else's frame of reference that you see strange things happening. Oh, well, fair enough, Steve. And we can take this frame of reference idea back to Galileo. In his book, The Dialogue Concerning Two Chief World Systems, And this dialogue, Steve, I believe it was Galileo, creating a sort of imaginary conversation between different people, even though it was really just him all the time. Is that right? Well, that is right. Anyway, in this dialogue, he had a Ptolemaic proponent of the geocentric model of the universe, saying that the Earth couldn't possibly be in motion because all the people on Earth would feel that motion. Galileo then had his proponent of the heliocentric model of the universe respond with a thought experiment, which was about a ship, although a sailing ship rather than a starship. In this thought experiment, you imagine dropping a stone from the top of the ship's mast so that it falls towards the deck. If the Ptolemaic view of the world was right, then the stone should fall diagonally towards the back of the ship, because the ship is moving forward. But in reality, if the ship is moving at a constant velocity, the stone already possesses that velocity, so it's just going to fall straight down, parallel to the mast, just like it would do if the ship was docked at port. As long as that motion is a constant velocity, rather than an acceleration or deceleration. Or I And what happens if you accelerate or decelerate, Steve? Well, the rules have to change a bit, and you need to call on general relativity, and that probably needs another podcast. Fair enough, Steve. Well, let's here summarize the whole special relativity story, then. The mathematics of Einsteinian physics ensures that an observer, in any frame of reference, will observe that distances and time in another frame of reference may change in a totally predictable and calculable way that will always ensure that light speed measured as distance over time always works out to be the same around 300,000 kilometers a second in a vacuum and that will always happen regardless of who you are where you are or how fast you are moving Thanks for listening. This is Steve Nerlich from Cheap Astronomy, www.cheapastro.com. Cheap Astronomy offers an educational website with no ads, no profit, just good science, at least in a relative sense. Bye!